0: Welcome to Travels in a Mathematical World, a podcast from the Institute of Mathematics and its Applications, the IMA. My name is Peter Rowlett. This is episode 42. 42 is, of course, uh, the ultimate answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe and everything. Last week on the podcast, we heard Professor Ed Gallier of the University of Greenwich talking about his career from origins in astrophysics and how this led him to industrial steel casting and finally to fire modelling. This week we're going to hear more from Ed about how his work took him to look at crowd evacuation modelling.
1: We took it to the next level by incorporating into the evacuation model. Uh, The way we model people is that we in fact model unique individuals. So we have uh, an agent based model. And so we model unique individuals, each person has a set of characteristics for example they have an age, a gender, they have special uh, capabilities in terms of movement, speeds some people are able to jump over seats for example, other people are not Um, they have a range of behavioural characteristics such as their patience, some people are very impatient and they're uh, they're not prepared to wait in queues and so they they, for example when they see the long queue down the aisle, they think, well, I'm not going to wait for this, I'm going to jump over the seats. But before they, be, they can jump over the seats, they have to the physical ability to do that. So that ties into another parameter in the model, the ability of the person. So we, 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 the, we define each person as a un- unique individual. We give them a set of characteristics and behaviours. Uh, and, and then we let the um, we, we, we let the model run, and we, and we see what happens during the evacuation process. The interesting thing about this is that some of the behaviours and the decisions that the uh, agents make um, are, are stochastic in nature, and so when you repeat the simulation without changing any of the boundary conditions, you get a different result because people won't do the same thing twice. Um, was well, very unlikely that they'll do all uh, uh, have all the same behaviours through an evacuation if they, if they were made to repeat it. And that's what happens in the modelling tool. And so one of the things you've got to do when you use our software is you repeat the simulation many times and you end up with a distribution of results, and it's from that distribution of results that you can draw conclusions. Um, one of the other things that we included was, um, because we did a lot of this FIRE simulation, the FIRE simulation that we did, the Computational Fluid Dynamics FIRE simulation, would predict for example where the smoke moved through the structure, how quickly the smoke moved, how dense the smoke was, how much toxic gases there were in the smoke. So for example our complex combustion models would be able to predict um, the generation of carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, hydrogen cyanide, hydrogen chloride all of these nasty chemical uh, gases that you get from the combustion of realistic materials. So we can predict that. We also predict the temperature distribution throughout the structure, and we produce the radiator flux. Now, because we had all of these components, all of these things affect life, and so we needed to find a way of linking that to the to the agents, so that we could predict when the agents become incapacitated due to perhaps... in inhalation of toxic products or exposure to high high levels of radiative flux from the, from the hot gases and so we developed what's known as uh, fractional effective dose toxicity models and what that meant was that an additional parameter that we had to add to our models for our, our agents was the um, uh, respiration rate people have different respiration rates And when they're involved in different activities, such as jumping over seats uh, or trying to race out of a a burning building, the respiration rate goes up. And so we gave agents uh, agents this uh, respiration rate capability, and so we knew how rapidly they were breathing when they were doing the different activities. And, And then we coupled the geometry of the evacuation model with the geometry of the fire model. And so now in the evacuation model, we knew what the temperature was, the smoke concentration, the toxic gas levels at every point in space and at every point in time. So now we had our agents moving through not just the geometry, but the toxic environment produced by the fire. And because they had a respiration rate, they were inhaling these products. And our fractional effective dose model effectively tells us how much of these nasty gases you can inhale before you keel over. And so, so now we link together the, the, the computational fluid dynamics model and the human behaviour uh, models and we can now predict uh, likely fatality rates and injury rates that you might get during an evacuation in a real fire. And we applied that to the Manchester um, fire and. In, as I said, in Manchester, 55 people were killed. And what our model predicts for that situation is that something like between 50 and, um, and 62 people will perish uh, when we run the model. Remember I said it's a stochastic model. Every time you run it, you get a slightly different result. So without changing any of the conditions, um, we get this range of possible fatalities. And, it's, um, and the actual number of fatalities is, is, um, fits into that distribution. Uh, another fire that we've simulated fairly recently was the um, Rhode Island fire in the United States uh, from uh, uh, 2003, I think it was. Uh, it was a fire in a disco uh, in uh, in Rhode Island, New York, where 100 people perished uh, during that fire and evacuation. Uh, when we simulate that fire, uh, and uh, it was a very... Complex fire it was a very rapidly spreading fire. The entire um, building, uh, the entire nightclub, flashed over. That means the entire volume of the nightclub was engulfed in flame and high temperature uh, in under two minutes. So that was an extremely rapidly developing fire, primarily uh, due to the fact that there was lots of polyurethane foam uh, lining the walls of the structure, which which burns very very rapidly. So we could predict that, we then couple that to the evacuation and and our evacuation model there predicts something like uh, 85 fatalities and about nine serious injuries. So again, we're very close to what actually happened in that real incident. So the way we use our modelling tools that we've created is that we use it to help understand what happened in real disasters uh, so that we can help in the investigation of the disasters But uh, more importantly, we use these tools as design tools to design safer buildings, aircraft, uh, and ships. So our models are used in the design phase, for example, of a high-rise building or a supermarket or a shopping complex or a hospital. We can use these tools to uh, um, determine how efficient a design is Uh, from an evacuation and a fire point of view before you build it and then you can determine whether the building is going to be uh, uh, safe uh, or or reach um, a specific level standard of uh, of safety Uh, and and, uh, today our models are used in 32 countries around the world we license the software Uh, they're used by engineers, architects, uh, research establishments, universities all over the world Um, and it's designing safer buildings an aircraft. Uh, for example, we were involved in the design of the Airbus uh, A380, the Superjumbo. We, we were involved in that uh, project, looking at how efficiently you could evacuate people from that aircraft, A, before they finalized the design, and B, before, just before they did the, um, the final certification test where they actually fill the aircraft with people and get them to evacuate through half the normal exits. And you've got to pass that test, you've got to get everyone off through half the exits in 90 seconds. And what we did was we uh, we de-risked the process for Airbus, we simulated what was going to happen before they did the test and found that uh, they should be OK. And they went ahead and did the test and they were OK.
0: Right, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. If you didn't hear last week's episode, or you want to hear any other episodes of the podcast, or you want to get show notes related to each episode, you can do this through the podcast website, uk. You can find out more about what I do for the IMA by following me on Twitter, twitter.com slash peter R-O-W-L-E-T-T. And thank you for listening.